so good to see the house of the Lord being filled up, you know, and worshiping the Lord together. It's nothing like hearing the voices of, of worshipers on my left, on my right, behind me, and clapping of hands, you know, really, it's something that really excites me. There is just something different about congregational worship, amen? Yeah, so we want to encourage you, if you're able to, join us in our, in our in-person service. And uh, it's just going to be a wonderful experience. But if you're online with us, thank you so much for tuning in. And let's prepare as we listen from the word of the Lord this morning. Amen. The last time I was up here, we kicked off in a whole series of the full life, right? The full life series. And uh, the different speakers have been here and sharing on the different aspects of having that full life. How many of you have been blessed with this, with this series? Come on, if you've been blessed, give the Lord a hand. If those of you who are online, come on, give it a reaction, whether it's a thumbs up, whether it's a heart shape, just give the Lord a hand and give the Lord praise because, you know, this full life series has been just so, so amazing because it has touched on so many areas. And today, I have been assigned to a very interesting topic. A topic that I have never ever spoken about in my life. And a topic that I have not heard people speak about very often specifically either. Okay? So today, I have been assigned to speak about the area of, of physical being. Okay? Of physical being. Body care. And I've entitled my message, CrossFit. CrossFit, all right? Now, bear with me all the way to the end, and you'll understand what I'm talking about, about CrossFit. All right? Follow along with me. When it comes to body care, there is a huge difference between God's approach to body care and Hollywood's approach to body care. God's approach is about abundant life. Hollywood's approach is an artificial shape. It's an artificial perception of what looks good, of what looks presentable, there is some sort of like, almost like some sort of gauge. Oh, this person looks like this, has these features, has some of these characteristics. Therefore, this person is more beautiful or more handsome than the other person. Right? So there is a huge difference when it comes to God's perspective and Hollywood's approach. And these artificial perspectives have created a stereotype, labeling people in different ways. And those, those labelings have, what they have done is created a false self-image of ourselves, given us a way that, a perception of, of what our standards need to be. But today, I want all of us to shift our thoughts a little bit. This particular thought came in some years ago that shifted me and challenged me, and I pray that it will challenge you today as well. Because I want to say this to us. Body care is an aspect of Christian discipleship and worship. Body care is an aspect of Christian discipleship and worship. And some of you are like, huh? Christian discipleship and worship? Yep. Follow me with this all the way because allow me to preach and teach a little bit, okay? Are we okay? All right. So today we're going to turn to a very pretty, you know, long scripture found in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12 to 20. Okay, let's stand up for the reading of God's word together. Those of you who are in person, those of you who are at home, if you can stand up, let's stand up as well. 
let's honour and, and pay and, and respect the Word of God. It is still the Word that brings life to all of us. Amen? Yeah? So 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12 onwards. 1, 2, 3. I have the right to do anything you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. You say, food for the stomach and stomach for the food. And God will destroy them both. The body, however, is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. By His power, God raised the Lord from the dead, and He will raise us also. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ Himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never! Do you not know that he who unites himself with the prostitute is one with her body? For it said, the two will become one flesh. But whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside of the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Do you not know that your body of the Holy Spirit you're bought with a price therefore honor God with your bodies amen and amen let's, let's read that again verse 19 and verse 20 it says here do you not know that your bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you whom you have received from God you are not your own you were bought at a price, therefore, honour God with your bodies. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray, O oh God, that the rhema word will come upon fresh upon our hearts and upon our spirit today. God, cause a deep conviction, O oh God, that will bring about transformation and change, O oh God, so that we can honour you in every part of our lives. We thank you in Jesus' name. We pray, and all God's people say, Amen. Thank you very much. God bless you. You may be seated. I know this is going to rock some boats for some of us here today. It's going to stir some hornet's nests. And um, if there's anything more real and more prevalent at this day and age, it's about our rights. My rights. My, you know, this is, this is my body. My, especially when it comes to body. It's my rights, I can do this, to my rights to do this, my rights to do that. This is my body, I can do this to my body. And if two consenting adults want to come together and have somebody, it's our bodies. It's got nothing to do with anyone else. But Paul here, when he teaches about 1 Corinthians chapter 6, talks about, well, if you're a believer, if you're a Christian, that's not quite the case. Your body doesn't belong to you. Your body belongs to God. And it was bought with the highest price, and the only response that we have as believers is to, op to offer it back to Him. So this is what Paul was trying to say. And I would like to uh, go through this with us. Firstly, I want all of us to repeat this. My body belongs to God. At the count of three, one, two, three. My body belongs to God. All right, type that in the chat as well. This is so key 
to understand that our bodies do not belong to us. They belong to God. It is not whether I'm okay with how I look. It's not whether if I'm okay with, with my energy level or my metabolic rate, if I'm okay with you know, what I do with my body, as long as I'm okay, who should have a problem with it? Paul is saying here, is God okay with my body, with how I'm treating my body? Is God okay with how I'm treating my body? If we don't approach body care in the right way, we can approach fitness and whatever, whatever we do to our body from a me perspective. We make New, Year, New Year's resolution, you know, it's, come, it's already in March. I wonder how many of us made New, Year res, New Year's resolution and went into it and like, oh, we tried, you know, first week, second week, third week, and now here we are in March. We're wondering, alamak, you know, we have slipped several times already. All those are good, but we have to be careful because you know why? Because all these things can become spiritually seductive. What do I mean by spiritually seductive? When you don't approach body care in the right foundation, in the right mindset, our motivation for going on diets or to, to do whatever we do to our bodies becomes most times due to vanity and not because of healthy reasons. And that is so key to what we are going to talk about. We might just be trading sins. We're going to trade things like Gluttony and soulfulness, we trade it with vanity and, and uh, selfishness, self-centeredness. But the key of body care is never about all this, about trading sins. It's never about trading one sin for another. You might look better to the world, you might look better, you know, on screen. You may look better to people around you. Everybody says, wow, you look so good. But your souls are no better in the eyes of God. And that is not true discipleship. Recognizing our bodies do not belong to us, and it belongs to God, and that we are to be good stewards of this body. We need to be good stewards of this body, just like any resource that God has given you, whether it's money, whether it's a gifting, whether it's a talent, you need to be good resource of this body that God has given to you. This body belongs to God. And that is responsible discipleship. Now, every time I preach, most times, I try to have an illustration, I try to show something, because that's how I learn best, visually, or, or if I touch something, you know, I, I, I pick up faster. And so here I was, praying, you know, God, give me an illustration, give me an illustration, give me something, you know, to share that will make this concept become even more uh, easily understood. And I didn't have anything. I didn't have anything, I didn't have any illustration, I didn't have, I'm like, ah, I was struggling so hard. And then the Lord spoke to me. The Lord said, you are the illustration. 
And I went, I went, God, I know what you're saying. Okay, okay, I know what you're saying. But can I just share my story? And it took me, I struggled. I sat there and I still struggled coming out here to share what I'm about to share. Sixteen years ago, I mean, I've always been different in that sense from, from generally Asian-looking girls, you know, and uh, I stand amongst, you know, Pastor Linda, Pastor Sue, Pastor Pat, and I'm like, hmm, okay. <clears throat> Not the typical size, uh, size and height, and all these years, and at the age of, um, and at 16, about 16 years ago, 16, 17 years ago, something happened that, was, that deeply traumatized and deeply hurt me. And it triggered something inside me. And I didn't know that it triggered something because I had nobody to share it with. And I kept it all inside. I bottled it up for so many years. But in trying to cope with that stress, in trying to cope with that pain, I ended up binge eating. And I had put on a huge amount of weight. It affected my confidence, it affected my image, it affected me. I was defensive. And just to let all of you see how bad it was, I want the team to put up the pictures. This was a picture taken about maybe in eight years ago. Can I have the other picture? I did not realize how badly it affected me until about six years ago, a deep healing came through in my heart and in my spirit. And one day, something happened. The Lord said this. And it just, I just realized this. What have I been doing to my body? I have been abusing my body that belongs to the Lord. I have been dishonoring God with the body that God has given me. And from that point onwards, something shifted. Something shifted so deeply in my core and in my spirit that made me say that I need to change. Because what I'm doing to my body, I'm dishonoring the Lord with it. And from that point onwards, somehow, when I went, you know, I, I've been on, you know, when all of us try, you know, we go on diets and we shed a few kgs, you know, and then it comes back again because it doesn't work. Because you know why? The very core of it is not dealt with. I understand some of us are going through battles nobody else knew. I was going through battles nobody else knew. And it has helped me to have more compassion with those around me. 
And it was that point that I realized that it has to change because my body doesn't belong to me. I had issues with my spine, I had issues with so many things. And so about six years ago, something that I told you, you know, a light bulb turned on and, and the whole the conviction of the Lord came upon me to say that I have been dishonoring God with my body. And I started to go on, you know, low carb, low sugar, and so on and so forth. And, and I was on keto for three years, you know, and I'm not promoting any diets here, but I'm just telling you somehow all these things came together only from that point where God turned my life around. When I recognize that this body doesn't belong to me, it belongs to God. The healing had to start from inside before the transformation took place on the outside. To take care of our bodies is a responsible thing to do. It is an act of discipleship. Secondly, I want to see this. My body is made for worship. My body is for worship. Romans 12, 1 says this, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer my bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. As much as singing songs, as much as raising our hands, as giving unto the Lord is worship, how are you and I treating our bodies and presenting it to God as a living sacrifice? Now, here is another important shift. The verse tells us to offer our bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Because some of us may look in the mirror and say, oh, this body is not pleasing to, in my eyes. Or you may say, oh, this body is not pleasing to my spouse or my future spouse or to my family, to my colleagues, you know. People are laughing at me and this body is not pleasing. It's not pleasing. And, and all this negative and all this wrong self-image things, thoughts come into our heads. But the Bible says this, the moment we offer our bodies to God, right now, at this very moment, it becomes holy and pleasing to Him. No matter what shape you are in. I was out with some, some, some people, you know, and um, one guy was teasing another guy. Oh yeah, this guy, too round already. And I love what that guy said. Round is a shape. Yes, round is a shape. Very good. But I'm so thankful that God doesn't accept us. Our acceptance is not based on the shape of our bodies. Whether we're, 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 we're tall, we're, we're, you know, shorter or you know we are rounder or whatever it is we're square we're v whatever we are made acceptable because of the sacrifice of jesus Christ's broken and bruised body for you and for me amen can somebody say amen come on let's give god a praise for that somebody needs to hear me i'm going to say this Gaining 20 kgs is not going to make God love you less. Losing 20 kgs is not going to make God love you more. That's not God's way. He loves you because you are His child. 
But you know what makes it unacceptable? Sin makes it unacceptable. And what is the sin that makes it unacceptable? One of it is gluttony. Gluttony is sin. In Deuteronomy chapter 21, verse 20 to 21, it tells us this. They shall say to the elders, this son of ours is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey us. He is a glutton and a drunkard. Then all the men of his town are to stone him to death. Oh, sorry, it's not here. It's Deuteronomy 21, verse 20 to 21. So gluttony was a sin then. Gluttony and drunkenness are always linked together, yeah? Because those, these are sins of the gratification of the, of the flesh, right? So I'm, I thank God that they don't, they don't stone gluttons anymore. Because if they did, you know, I wouldn't be standing here. But in those days, it was such a major issue that they would sin, that they would stone this guy. Now, the Catholic Church has got a lot more to say about gluttony than the Protestant Church. I don't know why, maybe because the Protestant Church loves to eat. How many of you grew up with potlucks? <laughs> then we're like, you, you cannot say luck, you know, cannot, cannot, luck cannot. So we say pot bless. And pot bless, basically, the only thing blessed about it is you're praying so hard that, you know, whoever is going to bless the food will say it quick so that we can get to the food faster. So, we loved our food. But the Catholic Church has got so much to say about it. St. Gregory the Great and uh, Thomas Aquinas, you know, they wrote all these things about gluttony. And, and the Roman Catholic Church in the AD 40 actually had a list of seven deadly sins. This was a list of vices that were so terrible that, was, that would pull you apart from the grace of God. And what are these seven sins? Pride, greed, extravagance or lust, envy, gluttony, wrath, and slothfulness. Now, let me say this to us. Gluttony is not a weight issue. Gluttony is not a weight issue. Please get me right here. Gluttony is not a weight issue. It is an issue of overindulgence. It is food has power over you. It becomes a heart issue. It becomes a self-control issue. Are you getting me? It is not a weight issue because our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. I read about this person. I read about, you know, ranchers, you know, people who own ranch, a ranch, you know, where they, where they have horses, the stables, you know, and all that. If the barn is burning, what happens is the rancher will quickly run into the barn untie the horses and quickly bring them out to safety and either hold on to them very tightly or tie them very securely in another area. Do you know why? Because the moment this horse is loose, the reins, you let go of those reins, you know what happens? The horse runs back right into the burning barn. You're like, huh? What rationale is that? You know why? Because the horse doesn't know anywhere else that is more safe and more comfortable and more um, familiar than their barn. So in their moment of panic, 
The only place that it will run back to is into the barn, although it will kill them. I want to say this to us as well. Many of us are still running back to our barns of destruction, even though they may end up killing us. A man was sent to his dietitian, and because the physician felt, you know, something, something has to be done immediately because his body check and his whatever blood, whatever works and all that came back in such an alarming state. So he was sent to his dietitian to get advice on some lifestyle changes and some changes to his food intake. When he went to the dietitian, he had body, he had weight issues, he was a heavy smoker and he was idle most of the time. So when he was there, the dietitian started speaking to him and said, you know, we've got to really look into this because, you know, this is very serious. So we're going to talk about, you know, the, the food, you know, and control of certain things. Then he said this, wait, 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 hang on. As long as you don't take away my ice cream, my midnight ice cream, I'm okay. Because I need it. It is like my comfort food. It's my comfort food. I need my ice cream. I need my dose of ice cream before I sleep every day. So then the dietitian just like frowns and looks at him and goes, okay, what about the smoking then? Oh, you cannot take away the cigarettes. Do you know how stressful my work is? Do you know how stressful my work is? The only way I can get through the day is by puffing those cigarettes throughout the day. Frowning even more now. The dietitian said, then can't you do something? Can you like exercise a little bit, you know, go for walks? At least, you know, do something. And this guy said, Excuse me, sir. I work 12 hours a day. I leave before, I leave when the sky is dark and I come home when the sky is dark. I have no time for any exercise. With that, the dietitian leaned forward with a very concerned look on his face, stared him in the eye and said this, then you've got to prepare to die. Many times, it's the little things that we are doing that are robbing us from the abundant life that God is wanting to give us. It is the little things that we are, our quick fixes, our go-tos, our getting through things that will help us cope to get through the day. It is all these things added up together that's robbing us of our abundant life. I don't know what your struggles are. It could be overindulgence in food. You know, my go-to, my burning barn was chocolates, was sweets, was chips. I loved all those things. Every time I got stressed, I ate more of them. I loved them. So good. My Milo ice, oh my goodness, it was my Milo ice cow, man. You know, I would love my Milo ice without I, I would, you know, I would, I would actually cheat myself, you know, say, at least I'm not drinking a bit of condensed milk or sugar, you know, but half the cup is filled with Milo. And then I add water, like, wow, you know, it's the best Milo ice cow cow ever. But that was my burning barn. 
and I coped with all these things. I don't know what your, your struggle is, whether it's not having enough sleep, whether it's eating certain things excessively, whether it's abusing substance, whatever it may be. If that's your burning barn, don't go back there. Don't go back there. Because it only steals and robs you of the eternal life that God wants for you. God wants you to present your bodies as pleasing sacrifices to Him. To honor God with our body is an act of worship. And thirdly, my body carries my mission. My body carries my mission. Caring for your body is caring for the mission and for your purpose. I spoke to a friend several weeks ago. She's Malaysian and she's married a Dutch man. And you know, our cultures are very different, right? Western people and, and, and Asians. So she was having dinner with her family and um, she cooked a salmon dish for her and her husband and the children had a separate meal, okay? And, but they, start, they, tried, they tried the fish and they really, really liked the fish. So they, the mom gave them some, you know? And before she knew it, the husband finished everything. So she's like, hey, what's your deal, you know? The, the kids, you know, the kids like the fish. And his response was, I also like it. I like it too. And, and then she was like, but yeah, you know, they could have had more. He's like, no, it's okay. We can make more for them tomorrow. It's all right. What's the big deal? And he started giving her this long lecture about, you know what? You need to learn how to take care of yourself. And bring it, she, he brought in the whole illustration of, you know, when you're in a plane, if the, if the oxygen thing comes down first, who do you help first? You help yourself before you help others, right? And it was just so different because that's, that she, she's like, oh my goodness, you know, it's just so different. But it's so true in so many ways. So many of us take care of everybody else, but you don't take care of yourselves. So many of you young mothers out there, you've worked so hard in this last two years, you know, running around taking care of your children, your young children, and, and watching over them, and going half, trying to stay sane, and, and in the end, end up feeling invisible. And not taking care of our own bodies. But you know what? We need to look at our bodies and see it as an instrument and not as an ornament. See your bodies as an instrument, not an ornament. A lot of times, the world will see it as an ornament. Okay, this one person looks good here, we're wearing this, that person looks good and wearing that. And therefore, you know, they, they, they look like ornaments, you know, and, and, and that's, that's how the world may look at us. But we need to see our bodies as instruments. And in, an instrument in every orchestra, an instrument has a part to play, has a distinctive sound. You have a distinctive role to play in your family. You have a distinctive role to play in your community. You have a distinctive role to play 
to impart to your generation, no matter how young or how old you are. But if you don't take care of your body, many times we are shortening our expiration date here on earth. Your responsibility can only work if you have a body here on earth that is healthy, that is able to carry on and to do that which you are called to do. If you're unwell, if you're unfit, if you are not taking care of your body in the best way that you can, you're not able to carry out what God has called you and purposed and assigned for you to do. Perhaps some of you, with those changes that you're about to make, may extend five years, 10 years, 20 years to your life. Some of you then will be able to walk your daughters down the aisle. will be able to impart these spiritual truths and leave a longer legacy for your family. We'll be able to do much more in the areas of whatever your passion is. Some of you, because of that extension of the few years of your life, you may be able to reach 10, 20, 30, 100 more for the Lord. But if you're not fit, and if you don't see this body as, a, as something that God has given us in order to carry out our mission, you may not be able to complete what He has planned for you to do here on earth. I'm not here to talk about a diet program or a, any pill or any recommending anything. It's not even about gaining weight or losing weight. I'm here to tell us, let's have a right perspective of our bodies. Let's see how God looks at body care and have that healthy perspective of body care and how important it is for us to live an abundant life with a healthy body. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Your body is important to the Lord. Your body is important to you and to your family and to those that you impact and to those that God has placed you amongst. Remember, my title is CrossFit. CrossFit is a high-impact, you know, um, exercise regime. They do different, different things, you know, and then they increase your, your, your heart rate and all that. It's, it's a, yeah, it's an exercise routine. But today, I want to ask us this. Are you fit to carry your cross all the way to the end to finish the assignments that God has given to you? Are you fit to be called the disciples and worshippers of Jesus Christ by the way you're treating your body? No one is going to do it for you. I thank God for a family that loved me whatever size I was, whether I was triple XL or whether I'm M or L. I thank God that they would advise and they would say certain things, but, you know, I would either become defensive all those years or it just, just didn't, it wasn't anything that triggered me to want to change from inside out. 
about 12 to 13 years ago, I received an email. You know, do you remember the days of rocket mail? Before Gmail ever existed, there was rocket mail, there was hotmail, right? I still remember it was in my rocket mail account from an anonymous sender. And it was on a Monday night when I opened that email. So on Sunday, I worship lab. And on Monday, I received this email. And the content of that email was this. I can't remember who it's from uh, or what, how they addressed me either. I just remember the content of that email. The content of the email said this. If you keep jumping on that stage like that, you make a hole in it. I have two things to say about that. Number one, it's been 13 years later. This stage is built stronger than you think. <laughs> no holes yet. Secondly, not even a hate mail could trigger me to change. It just triggered more pain and more self-esteem issues than anything else. But it was only when I realized that my body belongs to God. My body is made for worship. And I have a mission to accomplish with this body that God has given me. That's when a change happened. I don't know what your struggles are. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. Until and unless we have a right perspective of our bodies, of this God-given body, and you can look at yourself in the mirror and say, thank you, Lord. Help me to offer my life to you. And when we sing this song, may this song mean more than just our talents, our gifts, our abilities, and what we can or cannot do for the Lord. Let it also mean presenting our entire being. Our bodies affect our soul and our spirit. Every part of us belongs to the Lord. Let's stand to our feet as we worship the Lord. All that I am, all that I have, I lay them down before you, oh Lord, all my regrets, all my acclaim, the joy and the pain, I'm making them Everything 
Sebastian Bach, one of the greatest composers alive. During his days, when he wrote, every time he composed, before he started composing a song, on his manuscript, his empty manuscript, he had these initials on the top left corner. It said J, J. And it says, it means, it stands for Yesu Huva. Yesu Huva, which means Jesus help. 
perhaps some of us listening to this today and you say God I don't even know where to start I don't even know how to start but this is an empty manuscript and there's still many more years that God can write beautiful stories and beautiful notes in your life and that peace can travel far and wide to touch many more lives just like you can travel far and wide to touch many more people because you are still alive and you are still able to do it. But like Johann Sebastian Bach, Jesus, help. He will help us. Let that healing start from the inside out. Recognize that your body belongs to Him and you can offer it up to Him. Let Him help you through this journey to live a strong and healthy life, an abundant life for Him. Let's raise up our hands to the Lord.